You are listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Evan Banks. And I'm Deanna Lee. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's January 29th. On Monday, President Biden signed an executive order reversing a policy that banned transgender people from serving in the U.S. military. The order takes several steps, including repealing two different Trump-era orders that barred transgender individuals from military service. Biden's order also prevents service members from being discharged or denied reenlistment based on their gender identity. So, what are the implications of allowing transgender personnel to serve openly? A 2016 RAND analysis found that the effect on military readiness and on healthcare costs would likely be small. This is because only a small portion of service members would likely seek gender transition-related medical treatments that would affect either their deployability or costs for the military. When the report was published, 18 other countries already allowed transgender troops to serve openly in their armed forces. Lead author Agnes Schaefer said at the time that her research in this area demonstrated that what really counts in the military is simply being able to get the job done. Quote, If people think you can do the job, you earn their respect, and they feel like you have their back. A few weeks ago on the show, we discussed a RAND study revealing that the price of insulin in the U.S. was more than 10 times higher than the average price in 32 other countries combined. But it's not just insulin. A new study from some of the same researchers casts a wider net, comparing American prices for all prescription drugs to the prices in those same 32 countries. According to the data, prescription drug prices in the U.S. are, on average, more than two and a half times higher than drug prices in the comparison countries. U.S. prescription drug prices range from being 1.7 times higher than those in Mexico to 7.8 times higher than those in Turkey. Brand-name drugs are the primary driver of America's high prescription drug prices. In fact, some of the highest-priced drugs in the U.S., are brand-name drugs that can cost thousands of dollars per treatment and are used by patients with life-threatening illnesses, such as hepatitis C or cancers. Prices for generic drugs, on the other hand, are actually slightly lower in the U.S. than in most other countries. Generics account for 84% of drugs sold in the U.S. by volume, but they only represent 12% of U.S. spending. Transparency about America's prescription drug prices is important. By understanding the extent to which U.S. prices are higher, policymakers may be able to better address rising drug costs, as well as the financial impact that these prices have on consumers. Since 2011, RAND researchers have been working to understand how diet, access to food, and other factors affect health and well-being in two low-income, predominantly black neighborhoods in the city that both of us call home, Pittsburgh. Until recently, food insecurity had been falling in these communities, reflecting positive trends across the country. But unfortunately, COVID-19 erased much of that progress. Food insecurity in these two Pittsburgh neighborhoods increased by nearly 80% in the first weeks of the pandemic. This far outpaces food insecurity observed among the general U.S. population during the same time period. 
These findings reveal how, in a very short period of time, the pandemic has magnified pre-existing racial and ethnic disparities in food security. The results also suggest that existing safety nets, such as food banks and the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, known as SNAP, may need more support to reach people who are struggling to put food on the table. U.S. and allied diplomatic facilities, like embassies and consulates, are the most visible symbols of Western governments and their policies. That can make them frequent targets of violence. To learn more about the threats facing these facilities and how to prevent them, RAND researchers reviewed data on all 33 attacks on such facilities that occurred between 1979 and 2019. Notably, they found that the majority of past attacks culminated in just two hours or less, and over 90% of attacks culminated in six hours or less. What exactly does it mean when an attack has culminated? Well, that's the point at which response forces would no longer make a difference in stopping an attack. The researchers also measured how much advance warning there was leading up to these attacks. They found that there were two or more days of warning for nearly 60% of the incidents that they studied. It's essential to understand these timelines because it helps inform how response forces will likely need to operate. After all, a response will be effective only if it occurs before the attack culminates. And history tells us that, in most cases, that means there's just two critical hours to respond. Governments are developing weapons for use in outer space. And space activity in the commercial sector is on the rise. This means that there's a growing risk of extraterrestrial conflict. There's also an increased risk of conflict on land extending into space. According to RAND experts, the Biden administration has an opportunity to enhance safety and security in outer space. How? By working with like-minded allies and partners to establish international norms for responsible behavior. These norms could range from informal rules of the road to legally binding international agreements. Examples include guidelines on how to deal with space debris, including disposing of satellites that are no longer in use, norms for servicing satellites that are in orbit, and greater transparency regarding space operations and the use of missile defense systems in space. Although norms are imperfect and not always enforceable, they could help build confidence among spacefaring nations. A shared understanding of what constitutes hostile intent in space would enhance overall crisis stability and deterrence. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org/podcast. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.